You are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast, where we have our special 2022-23 Federal Budget Podcast. And my name is Belinda Allen, a Senior Economist here at CBA. Joining me to talk through all things budget is our Chief Economist, Stephen Halmerick. Stephen, another budget come and gone. Yes. Hi, Belinda. Very good to be with you again on Budget Night. Budgets are always highly anticipated just because it gives us an idea about what the government of the day is focused on over the next 12 months, how they view the economy, where the spending decisions lie, and this budget was no different. There were a lot of, I was going to say, leaks leading up to the budget that were focused on cost of living pressures, but also some longer-term initiatives such as infrastructure spending as well as looking at moving on from the large fiscal injections we saw during the last two years of the pandemic. What were your overall thoughts on uh, tonight's budget? Well, as you say, it's a budget where they've tried to achieve a few things all at the same time. So, you know, a a bit of a a, uh, narrow path to thread. Uh, So it's a pre-election budget in that there's cost of living policies or measures to... Uh, assisting cost of living, so halving the petrol excise for six months. Uh, there's payments of $420 of it, what they're calling a living tax offset uh, for low and middle income earners, and also a payment of $250 to uh, eligible welfare recipients. So there's money uh, now. And then there's some focus on longer term issues, so infrastructure, skills and training, health, defence. A small business, manufacturing, and there's also the government's um, pre-election aim of eventually stabilising government debt, which they do, but not until the year 2526. So it's a, it's a fine line between all those things. Mm. Um, but as you say, a fair bit of it came out before budget, but uh, all in all, it uh, looks pretty reasonable. Now we'll get on to... I guess, the context of the economy and how they set the budget forecasts shortly. We're, we were also leading to the budget looking at how any short-term stimulus would impact on the view on the RBA as well. So we'll talk about that. But before we get into all of that, let's talk about some of the key budget numbers that, that came in tonight. What did the budget deficit end up printing at and certainly what were some of the improvements we saw particularly since the MIFO estimate back in December and then the budget uh, which is only 10 months ago at the moment. Yeah yeah so if we look at financial year 21-22 and financial year 22-23 so the year that's ending in a couple of months and then next year the deficits of both those years was forecasted around a hundred billion dollars back in December last year at the mid-year update. And now the forecast uh, deficit for both those years is just under $80 billion. So mm. $79.8 billion in FY22 and $78 billion in FY23. So there's been an improvement of roughly uh, $20 billion in the budget deficit for each year. Now, that that's come about 
because uh, the economy is in much better shape than the government thought it was going to be, even as recently as December. And so the way to think about this in, in financial year 2022, um, the better economy delivered to them an improvement of $28.3 billion, mm. and they spent nearly $9 billion of that. Uh, so next year, FY23, the better economy would deliver an improvement of $38 billion, and they spent just over $17 billion of that. Um, so bottom budget bottom line has improved, but not as much as it would have if they had not have spent some of that extra money. And we know what they spent it on, certainly the cut to the fuel excise tax, the, the one-off cash payment, more spending on infrastructure in a number of other different categories has certainly taken up a lot of uh, that changes in policy decisions to lead to the change in the bottom line. Before we get on to those key policy initiatives, one of the things that the government was talking about prior to the budget was moving on to the next phase of fiscal policy. So we're through the pandemic, the economy's improved and the unemployment rate is at a very low level and is forecast to continue to fall. So the government is moving on to the second phase of its fiscal strategy where it's looking at stabilising and then reducing government debt as a share of GDP. Now, they do achieve that, but not for another few years yet. That's right. So as at June 2022, so in a couple of months' time, the net debt of the government estimated at just over $630 billion dollars. Uh, that's 27.6% of GDP. Uh, so that's actually an improvement from the previous estimate, which was uh, just over 30% of GDP. Mm. Uh, but then the deficit grows from 27.6% of GDP this year up to 33.1% of GDP by June 2025, and then stabilises at that level, 33.1% of GDP, as at June 2026. So pre-election, the Treasurer set himself the target, sorry, pre-budget, the mm. Treasurer set himself the target of stabilising and then reducing the debt. Uh, so on the numbers we got tonight, the debt stabilises, but not until 2026. So there's still um, a few years uh, to go where debt will be accumulating, but at a lower level than expected uh, back in December. And then if you look out 10 years, we certainly do see a fall in net debt as a percentage of GDP. But as, as I said, it's kind of beyond the next five years. Uh, and then the five years after that, we do start to see a fall in net debt. One of the interesting things in the budget, and we've spoken about this on a number of occasions before, is looking at the interest cost of this debt as a share of GDP. And particularly in the recent environment of higher uh, bond yields that we've seen uh, globally. But what we also see in the budget papers is that interest costs as a share of uh, GDP remain very low. Yes, that's right. That's right. So for this year, FY22, interest costs as a share of the GDP are just 0.7%. And they're actually expected to stay down at 0.7% uh, all the way up to 2025 and then increase to 0.9% mm. in 2026. Uh, and partly the reason for that is that the, the GDP side of the of that equation is growing quite fast, that nominal GDP growing quite rapidly. And it's um, also reflective of the fact that the way the government manages the debt, they're not expected to have 
a big increase in maturities that need to be refinanced until those uh, a few years in the future. So that the higher interest rates um, that we uh, we and many others expect actually don't impact on the budget for quite a number of years. Now, turning our attention to the economic forecast, so one of our key roles on the night is to really cast a very in-depth eye over the government economic forecasts and compare them to ours as, as well as the RBAs. And in doing that tonight, certainly our team have really felt that the forecasts are very realistic when it comes to GDP, inflation, wages uh, and the unemployment rate. Yes, that's right. So the, the numbers, as you say, are say pretty realistic. Um, they're pretty close to our view. Mm. So the budget expecting growth in FY22 of four and a quarter percent real GDP growth, down to three and a half percent next year in FY23, and then two and a half percent in FY24. So uh, good solid growth this year, moderating a bit over the next couple of years, uh, as you said, in line with our own forecast, and uh, similar for inflation. Uh, so the headline inflation number expected to jump to four and a quarter percent in the current year, then three percent next year, and back into the Reserve Bank's target range at two and three quarters in FY24. So we do get some short-term stimulus, both in terms of the one-off cash payment uh, for certain households, as well as a lift in the low and middle income tax offset. Now, this is a time where the economy is very strong uh, and also a time where we're anticipating the first official interest rate hike by the RBA in June. Have any of the initiatives tonight, or I guess that the, the still relatively large stimulus going on, impact the view on the RBA? Uh, no, they haven't. So one way to look at it is what we call the, the fiscal impulse. So that's the change in the budget deficit from year to year. So if we look at the change in the budget deficit from FY22 to FY23 as a share of GDP, it, it's almost nothing. So in financial year 22, budget deficit is expected to be 3.5% of GDP and next year 3.4% of GDP. Uh, most of the fiscal policy tightening has actually happened uh, in the mm. future years, so 24, 25, 26. Um, it, in the immediate future, we do have these payments that, you say, uh, as you said, are coming to welfare recipients. We'll get $250 in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the petrol excise is being reduced as of tonight. Mm. and the $420 for what they're calling the living tax offset will appear when people do their tax returns starting in July. So there will be a bit of extra spending through uh, the next two or three months. Uh, but that's actually partly offset by the, the fact that lowering the excise on petrol will actually lower the inflation rate for the June quarter. So there's a bit of an offset there. Uh, but, but overall, we, we don't think the changes in the budget or the policies announced tonight uh, are enough to change our Reserve Bank monetary policy core, which hopefully all our listeners will know <laughs> is we expect the first rate hike in June this year uh, with more rate hikes up to a peak of 1.25% in early 2023. 
Now, just to finish off, there were some key policy initiatives announced today. We kind of talked about the cost of living support measures uh, quite substantially so far, but there were some other ones to really take note of, particularly uh, focusing on skills training, improving manufacturing capability, another lift in infrastructure spending. Uh, What were some of the key takeaways uh, from those policy initiatives? Yeah, I thought the so there's initiatives to improve cash flows for small mm. businesses, which I think would be welcome. Uh, as you said, there's there's initiatives on um, skills training, particularly for apprentices. Yeah. Uh, again, um, an, an incentive package for uh, spending for manufacturing of COVID vaccines and other vaccines down in Melbourne, which I think would be warmly welcomed. Um, more money for infrastructure spending, and particularly for rural and regional Australia, quite a few projects related to infrastructure, roads, rail, uh, water. Um, so I think that's um, that's a good focus too, particularly as more Australians are moving out of the big cities into the rural and regional areas. Stephen, it's been another fascinating budget. It's uh, Over the last few years, we've obviously seen the budget position change quite dramatically. Spending has lifted uh, as a result uh, because of the pandemic, but also some pretty strategic decisions the government has met. Uh, we'll see how the rest of this year evolves, but obviously fiscal policy will continue to remain quite a large part of the economy. Thanks so much for joining. My pleasure. Thanks, Belinda. Now, you can read our write-up of the 2022-23 federal budget on combankresearch.com.au and that budget was released on the 29th of March, 2022.